The countdown has begun. From May 14th to 16th, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Qatar Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections, gain unique insights and uncover valuable opportunities in one of the world's most rapidly rising regions. Request your invite for this exclusive event at QatarEconomicForum.com. This is Bloomberg Business of Sports. The cold hard truth about the Olympic journey is not really been financially incentivized in the same way that many other professional sports are. The business of basketball involves ZBA, Global, our licensing arm, Think 450. All of those things will make up what that looks like. Money in sports is one of the reasons why I enjoy being on Monday Night Countdown. We talk about some of the more interesting aspects of business of sports. When you talk in sports, discipline is the bridge from being good to other being great at whatever it is that you're trying to be or accomplish at your profession. Bloomberg Business of Sports from Bloomberg Radio. This is the Bloomberg Business of Sports show where we explore the big money issues in the world of sports. I'm Michael Barr. And I'm Mike Lynch. Coming up today, we'll discuss Jerry West demanding an apology for his portrayal HBO's winning time and Wimbledon banning Russian tennis players in this year's championships. But first, let's begin with the Oakland A's. And we'll start with that. My goodness, the crowd was teeny. This hasn't happened in 42 years. Uh, the A's, they were playing the Orioles. Now The A's won 2-1, playing in Oakland. But the crowd size, and I'll give the exact number, 3,748. That's the smallest at the Coliseum in since, what, 1980? Oh, my goodness. Lynchy, what happened? Well, I think this is a residue of a number of things that have happened over the last couple of years. A, the Raiders moving out of that stadium to Las Vegas. B, the Warriors moving out of the Oracle Arena, which abuts uh, the uh, Ace Stadium, to downtown San Francisco. And I think people are just waiting for the final shoe to fall. There's no secret at all that Las Vegas wants the Oakland A's. And people are saying, you know what? This team has abandoned us, so we're going to abandon this team. That is a shame because I, I always liked the athletics. You know, whether you, mm. you called them the athletics or whether you called them the A's, they were still uh, always uh, exciting to watch. With so many things, you talk about money ball, and I can go on and on and on. And But, boy, to have that small of a crowd it is just – at first I thought, well – you know, is it the weather? I'm thinking no, because it's Los Angeles. You're not going to have a weather problem. I'm sorry, in Oakland, rather, you're not going to have a, a problem. But it's sad. With the news of the pitch clock coming in, by the way, really quick, I'll mention that. The pitch clock yep. is shaving about 20 minutes off minor league <laughs> games while, whoa, let's say that Major League Baseball might introduce it in 2023. You know, this is incredible. Uh, the average time was a little over three hours before this. Now the average time is down around 2.39. Uh, it's, it's a great concept. 14 seconds when the bases are empty, 18 seconds if there's a person on base. One game was played in an hour and 59 minutes. And next year, Major League Baseball, with a 45-day advance notice, can implement the pitch clock. They don't need to uh, get one-year approval from the Players Association. That was part of the a recent collective bargaining agreement. This next story, it is a very serious story. Russian players banned 
from competing at Wimbledon, and uh, the reasons why that have been said are obvious, Lindsay. Yeah, um, we saw it in the Boston Marathon here a couple days ago. No Russian uh, or Belarus runners were allowed to compete in the Boston Marathon. There's been sanctions all over the world, and now Wimbledon, uh, where it's really kind of a slow time of the year. Baseball's approaching its it's an all-star break. Uh, the NBA is done. The NHL is done. And all eyes are on Wimbledon. And uh, Belarus uh, and Russia players will not be able to compete. And, you know, Medvedev is the number two player in the world. Mm-hmm. Rublev is the number eight player in the world. And it's a huge, huge stage. It's an international stage. And this will be, it'll impact the world standings, um, money, prize money. Uh, and also it's a political statement as well. And I'm wondering if it probably won't be just Wimbledon. I mean, this is, go- I could see this happening on down the road with other tennis tournaments as well. Yeah, well, after that, you've, the only one left you have is is the U.S. Open, late August and into September, and there haven't been any official declarations yet, but you can count on it. A lot of other athletes uh, have said, and, and officials, sports minister Nigel Huddleston, said last month he wouldn't be comfortable with a Russian athlete flying the Russian flag. No. And I keep going back to Boston here, but the Boston Marathon, the final run is down Boylston Street where they have the flags of all the nations of runners that are competing. And the Russian flag and the Belarus flag um, were taken down. And it was a great sight that there were a number of Ukrainian runners in the Boston Marathon, and many of them were handed, as they were coming down the final 100 yards or so, uh, Ukrainian flags, and they proudly crossed the finish line with them draped over their shoulders. It really was an emotional scene. Speaking of emotional, and I want to talk about that also with the marathon, a shout-out to the Richard family. Yes. Uh, the brother of Martin, oh, he was killed in the bombing, uh, and he would have been 18, according to what his brother was saying, and he probably would have been running in the marathon as well. A shout-out to him just for competing. At least, you know, it... it does your heart good. Right? Oh, his his name is Henry Richard. He's 20 years old. He was 10 when his brother Martin was killed. Uh, his sister also lost mm-hmm. a leg in that bombing accident. So when Henry was coming down the finish line, he veered over to the left and stopped in the exact yep. same spot where his brother lost his life in 2013, where there is a memorial. There's a statue there now, and he just paused and just dipped his head and uh, just looked over where his brother was standing, where he last saw him alive. And then he continued across the finish line with his arms raised and just went right into the arms of his mom, his dad, and his sister. But I tell you, it was a a, a, a tearjerker. Yeah. Uh, Henry, good for you. Uh, You are an inspiration to all. How can I go into this, this next story? HBO has made the logo mad. Let's put it that way. Jerry West is demanding a retraction and apology over the portrayal in the HBO series Winning Time. What what happened here? Well, I've watched every single episode, and I was actually stunned in the in the first episode when I saw the portrayal of Jerry West, who we all perceive as one of the classiest uh, great players of all time. We knew he did have some uh, reading some of his books. Uh, we knew he did have some some issues with uh, atrial fibrillation in his heart and a little bit of depression. But this portrayal is really way out of bounds. I mean, they have him uh, as a, a drinker. They have him throwing his MVP trophy from the '69 Finals. The only player from a losing team to win the MVP, throwing it through a, a glass window. That never happened. And Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, you know, put it, he came to his defense along with Keith Wilkes and uh, Jamal Wilkes, I should say, and, and Michael uh, Michael Cooper that said, you know, they portray him as some type of wily, coyote, pathetic character figure here. 
He really wants, uh, his lawyers uh, want a retraction, they want an apology, and they want damages from HBO. They want it, and they want it done within two weeks. And they said that this thing shows a great deal of malice. And any time you're going after somebody with defamation of character, that word malice is a key word. Yeah, you know, it, now I have not seen the series, but I've heard just what you said, that it can be a little rough. And uh, now I haven't seen it. I'm just wondering. I, I'm not sure what you call it. Do you call it a? Uh, it's not a documentary. Is what do you call this series? Well, it's based on the book Showtime, written by Jeff Perlman. I'm also reading the book at the same time that I'm watching, and it, it's it's a little bit different. They took a lot of liberties. Uh, the producers of the HBO show. Uh, it's entertaining. I, we all lived through that era of the '80s when the when the Lakers were Showtime for a dozen years or so. And I, I was stunned. I mean, they really make Jerry West look like like a fool, like a stooge, like a really pathetic character. And I just don't get it at all. I, that's not the Jerry West that, that I perceive, and it's not the Jerry West that's portrayed in the book. And Jerry West was the general manager that, that actually built that great mm -hmm. dynasty of the of the 1980s. You know, they have him arguing with, with Jack Kent Cook, the owner, before Jerry Buss took over, saying he wanted Sidney Moncrief instead of... Uh, a Magic Johnson, and that he had a, a very contentious relationship with Magic Johnson, and that wasn't true at all in real life. You don't become the logo with a lot of baggage that seems to be portrayed in this series. I mean, you're the logo for a reason, and that's an honor. And it's it's been the logo, my goodness, for the NBA for what we're talking about fifty years, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, they actually they they show that the, the logo. They have them on the golf course snapping a, a club over his uh, his knee in anger over who they're going to draft and then it it, go, it it takes his profile and it morphs him into the into the NBA logo um I don't blame Jerry West for doing what he's doing well I have a lot of respect for Jerry West so I and again now I have not seen the series I haven't seen the episode but I I can definitely say I'm in your in your boat there Lynchy I have tremendous <laughs> respect for Jerry West so we'll see how that turns out and by the way, you can't have a business of sports podcast without a Tom Brady mention. <laughs> it, it's just impossible. By the way, I don't know if we if we mentioned it in the past, but Tom Brady is going to be in the match 6.0 in golf. The old quarterbacks, Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers, Patrick Mahomes and um, Josh Allen. And Josh Allen. Thank yeah. you. It's going to be the old against the young. But Wait, there's more. I, you got to call him the goat for a reason. He's great in business, and he's great for everything, man. In in sports, well, his name keeps popping up. And they yesterday, the Jason Light, the GM mm -hmm. of the Buccaneers, was asked about Tom Brady. Is there any mention of him going to Miami? This story just won't go away. I've talked to some people very, very close to this situation. And here's the connection between Brady and the Dolphins. Steve Ross own, is the majority owner of the Miami Dolphins. One of his uh, close associates and part owner is a guy by the name of Bruce Beal. Bruce Beal is a friend of Tom Brady personally. Bruce Beal is a Boston guy. Bruce Beal named one of his children Brady after Tom Brady. <laughs> and when, when Brian Flores was making the accusations about A, being offered $100,000 to throw a game, and B, he was invited to come on a boat, because there was a certain quarterback on there. It's believed that that quarterback was Tom Brady. So the connection is, should Steve Ross ever sell the Miami Dolphins and Bruce Beal take over ownership of the Dolphins, then it makes perfect sense that Bruce Beal would offer a part ownership to Tom Brady. 
So that's the genesis of this story right now. The Dolphins have a lot of celebrity owners. They have Fergie from the Black Eyed Peas. They have Serena and Venus Williams, Gloria Estefan. They have Mark Anthony. And certainly Tom Brady would lend a lot of credibility. But right now, this story is dead. The idea of him actually going to the Dolphins next year or being a part owner at the present time is a dead story right now. I believe you, Lynchy. You know why? Because <laughs> you have the connections, and I just can't see Tom Brady either playing for Miami or buying a stake in Miami when you have a chance to maybe get a share of the Patriots or maybe get a share of the Buccaneers. Why go off the road and, and do that? I'm with you, Lynchy. Yeah. And an unstable franchise, too, Miami. By the way, in case you're wondering, folks, where's Scarlet Foo? Our buddy, our pal, our chum. She's just taking the week off. So we'll see her uh, next week. Don't worry. She's coming back because we miss her. This is the Bloomberg Business of Sports Podcast. I'm Michael Barr. And Mike Lynch is here with us, as you know. Catch us here each and every Monday, Wednesday, and Thursday, exploring the world of money and sports. And catch me on Twitter at Big Bar Sports. And I'm Mike Lynch at Lynchy WCDB. Detroit against everybody. You're listening to the Bloomberg Business of Sports on Bloomberg Radio around the world.